Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. I'm A.J. Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. That's my book. And the father of the effortless English system that trains you, that teaches you to speak English fluently, speak English powerfully, speak English confidently, speak English effortlessly. When you train with my VIP program, you've got to train, you know, you've got to commit. You can't do it in just one day. You can't do it in one week. You must commit. Don't quit. My VIP program today at EffortlessEnglishClub.com EffortlessEnglishClub.com Go there, commit, don't quit. You will succeed. We're live on Facebook today. We have a vocabulary lesson. We are going to review yesterday's interview show and discuss a little bit of the vocabulary and discuss more of the ideas. You know, the uh, didn't have much time yesterday for questions or comments. So we'll do more of that today, have more time for that today. And then, uh, as I said, I'll probably review about the first 30 minutes of the interview. And I've got kind of a list of vocabulary words I think uh, we can discuss. Some good words in there. Now, another, uh, just a couple comments about yesterday's interview. Number one, I thought it went very, very well. I personally found it Incredibly interesting and powerful. Um, as uh, I think it was Anand on on Twitter sent me a message, and uh, we noted that you know one thing was that we we were discussing such big, big, big ideas and deep and powerful and meaningful these huge topics, uh, and really is not enough time. Right, ninety minutes to discuss Dharma and uh, natural law, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, education, meditation, you know, each of these can be whole books, right? Could be hours and hours and hours. And um, so I found myself, as a Chatterjee was talking, I'd have like, you know, three, four, five different ideas in my brain, questions. And when it was time to ask a question, ah, I was trying to, it was hard for me to think of which one to ask. Um, so the, the suggestion Anand had and something we already mentioned yesterday in the interview is we'll do more because these are big topics so uh Acharji luckily already said he's happy to come back and do more uh discussions with us so fantastic we'll come back and we'll we'll narrow the topic a bit more next time so that we can go deep and uh and then we can just do a series of these interviews and discussions um Point number two, I kind of did a little survey, like a poll, P-O-L-L, like a vote on Gab and on Twitter yesterday. And I I was just asking everybody, how much could you understand? You know, was it very, very difficult for you? And I was actually very happily surprised, very happily surprised. Most people said they could understand most of uh, Acharya Ji's speaking um, 
that it was not so difficult, that there certainly were vocabulary words they didn't understand, maybe you didn't understand, but, but they could understand the main ideas, the, the meaning, the, the, the general idea of the whole discussion, and enjoyed it a lot. And that's really good news. So, you know, I underestimated you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought, I was really worried, honestly. I was quite worried it was going to be too difficult uh, for most of you. I thought I was worried. But um, but as, you know, many people mentioned in on Twitter and on Gab uh, that uh, Chirji has a very, very clear pronunciation. Um, you know, like mine, he has a, a, a very clear, um, excellent pronunciation, standard American accent. So everyone said, oh, he was actually very easy to understand. And uh, he was very good at explaining very large ideas in a more simple way. So fantastic. I was very happy to hear that because, uh, because this means now I'm more confident about doing more interviews. Many of you have mentioned that they, you love the interviews, you want me to do more interviews with more people. And uh, since you did understand this one, I think definitely we'll do more interviews. I, uh, it's, I like it too. You know, I, I, I can talk and talk and talk. <laughs> but I find it very interesting to talk to people, especially interesting and intelligent people like Achairaji, uh, because it gives me lots of new ideas and... Uh, you know, so I was very excited and um, enjoyed it a lot, and I'm really looking forward to having him back more. And um, I've already invited a second. We'll have a second interview. Oh, uh, meaning another person. I have uh, I sent an invitation, a request to a man named David the Good. Okay, I don't know what his real last name is, but that's his. That's his. Uh, what we call pen name, right? He writes books, and that's what, when it says author, you know, the writer, that's what he calls himself, David the Good, which is a nice little nickname. But anyway, David the Good is very interesting. I watch his videos, and he writes about gardening and uh, farming and simplicity. And this is why I want to talk to him. It's connected, and we've talked about this topic of simplicity and living more simple life. And uh, he talks a lot about, he writes about that, he talks about that in his videos. And uh, specifically, he's focused on food and growing food, either, you know, small gardens, but especially what he calls food forests, food forests. So making like, a, a, having some land and, um, growing kind of a, a, a forest, kind of like a forest, um, but everything, all the plants produce food, make food. Uh, it's really interesting. Anyway, we're, I need to, I don't know the date yet, but I, he will be my next interview, David the Good. I'll give you more information about him. It's a, it's a very interesting topic, I think. Uh, Acharyaji, I certainly will invite him to come back probably um, sometime next month. And we'll, uh, I think we're good. He suggested the topic of meditation. I think that's an excellent topic that a lot of people are interested in. I'm interested in it. So uh, we'll do meditation next time with Acharyaji if, if he's open to that. Finally, number three. Maybe some of you have an idea about someone I should interview. So let me talk about, you can, I'm happy to get your suggestions for interviews, but um, let me give you kind of my, uh, my guidelines, kind of my rules, okay, it's a, for when you tell me about somebody. Number one, I'm looking for people who are interesting and not people who already get a lot of um, publicity, right? I don't want somebody who already uh, does interviews on TV, for example, 
because you know everybody already knows about them um, so I'm looking for people that maybe uh, you know like cool youtubers you know someone has a cool YouTube channel on a really interesting topic or writers um, you know interesting thinkers people with really interesting ideas that are red pilled right red pill uh, they're awake they they've got really powerful ideas but maybe but maybe we can all, you know, learn about them and, and, you know, help other people learn about them. So that, that's the kind of person I'm looking for. Number two, they need to speak English, obviously. Effortless English. This is a show for English learners. It's an international show. Our common language is English. So they need to speak English well. You know, I know there are probably very interesting people who speak Portuguese or Japanese or Spanish, but I can't interview them. Um, and it's just not right for our channel, you know. So they need to speak English well. They don't need to be native speakers. I, I'm willing to, I, I'm okay to interview someone from another country. Uh, I don't mind, you know, if they have like an accent, but, um, but they need to speak well, right? They need to be a good speaker of English so we can all understand and they can understand me. Um, when you give me a suggestion, just uh, send it to me on Twitter or on Gab and, you know, tell me their name. Tell me about them, you know. What do they talk about or write about? What are they an expert about? You know, why should I interview them? And then number three, give me their contact. I need their contact information. I need a website. I need an email address. I need something so I can contact them and ask them for an interview. So if you give me all that information, send it to me on Gab or Twitter. I will be happy to um, look at your suggestions and consider them and we'll try to get more interviews it's really good for you because you get to hear uh different speakers different english speakers you know like achayarji he uses a lot of um he used a lot of vocabulary words that i don't often use um he has a nice clear accent which is fantastic uh but you know he just you know each speaker has a little bit different style a little bit different speed they use maybe different favorite vocabulary and all of this is useful for you and they have really interesting ideas which is useful for all of us i like it because it's interesting to me i'm not just talking about myself all the time i get bored with that and uh it's interesting for you too because we all get to share those ideas and then discuss them and learn from lots of different people so we'll do more interviews fantastic okay um, just say a quick hello and we'll get started on the uh, the vocabulary so lots of people we're live on Facebook again as usual and lots of familiar names thank you for joining yesterday you all were fantastic I, I did read your comments after the show I read your comments on Facebook lots of very nice comments and it seems like lots of people enjoyed the uh, Achayarji's uh, talk um, so Ibrahim uh, Kamal hey, good to see you Evgenia good to see you Asma, lots of familiar names. Lisa, hey, Lisa, how's it going? Christelle in Cameroon. Bayara in Mongolia, hey, good to see you. Min, hey, good to see you again. <coughs> Excuse me. Sarah says hi from the Philippines. Dimitri in Russia. Sudan, Algeria, so we, you can see we're everywhere now. Cardo, hey, good to see you again. Indonesia, Japan, Rebel Number One, that's an old nickname for me. 
Kurdistan, as usual, Colombia, Baghdad. So, you know, all around the world again. Hungary, Budapest. Hey, Sylvia. Hello from Thailand. Swati Krap. Saudi Arabia, Marianne, Kurdistan. Okay, you get the idea. Everywhere, all around the world. We're everywhere. The effortless English family, we're everywhere. All right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do kind of a movie technique. I will play a little section of yesterday's uh, interview. I have a few, I wrote down a few sections I want to review. So I'll play it first. Then I'll re go, rewind. I'll stop rewind, and I'll discuss uh, some vocabulary, and then I'll, you know, then we can uh, learn some new words, maybe, or learn more deeply, and then we'll go to the next section. All right, the first section. Listen for the word inquisitive. Inquisitive is our first word. All right. Here we go. Oh, let me get, let me change our screen here. Okay. Now tell me if, make, be sure you can hear this. If, if you can't hear it, please tell me in the comments. Hopefully this will work. Mohammed asks, what are you drinking? Just water, just water. Okay, here we go. Our first word is inquisitive, so we begin. Okay, so, don't hear, oh no, you knew, that's not good, no voice, hmm, okay, let's see what the problem is, uh-huh, it's low, no sound, we can't hear, I heard ambulance, yeah, that's, let's see, oh no, uh-huh. I tested this before. I thought it worked. So we got brave. See, it should, it should be... Audio through. Let's see. Um. Hmm. Well, I might just have to discuss it with you. All right, let's uh, let me see. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to play some more. Tell me if you, if it works just quickly. Here we go. Why does this all exist? What is my place in this universe? Is there meaning behind it? Yeah. These philosophical questions. Huh. I don't know. I don't know why that's not working. Well, okay. Sorry guys. We're going to have to try something else. All right, one, one more time. Ah, one more time. Hmm. Still don't hear anything. 
No voice. 10 minutes to breakfast. Every quiet. Looks like you need a hand. I do. No audio. It doesn't work. No. No good result. Ha! Da, 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 da. Okay, I might just have to um, discuss this without replaying it, unfortunately. And I'll try the movie technique thing where I replay uh, next time. I tried this before and it worked. And, uh, well, anyway, that's life, huh? Okay, never mind. That's frustrating. Hmm. It says his voice is so low, so you could hear something. Well, that's interesting. That's very interesting. I don't know. Weird. Huh. All right. Anyway, let's, uh, no voice again. All right. Let's just go back. I'm just going to teach you the uh, vocabulary and I'm not going to be able to replay, unfortunately. So we'll have to, uh, I'll try it tomorrow. We'll do the next section and I'll try the replay technique. But today I'm just going to discuss. Um, it says can hear, but very low. All right, here we go. So his first word is inquisitive. And what Acharji is talking about, he says that if you are inquisitive, if you are inquisitive, then you will eventually ask an important question about the world, about the universe. Right? You'll ask, you know, why is there? Why? Why is there everything, right? Why is there this world? Why is there universe? Why is there life? And where does it come from? You know, originally, ultimately, Finally, right? So he says, if you are inquisitive, inquisitive means, it's a good vocabulary word, inquisitive means curious, very curious. Inquisitive means you like to ask questions, that you are curious, very similar to the word curious, inquisitive, right? To inquire is a verb, it's the same root. To inquire means to ask. So, inquisitive is an adjective. You say, he's very inquisitive. means he's very, very curious. Okay, next. Okay, looks like people hear me okay. Good. Hello, everyone. What's up? Like being... Yeah, like being curious of why everything exists. Inquisitive. Inquisitive just means generally curious about lots of things. All right, next. Um, astounded. Later, he uses the word <coughs> astounded. So it's the same, discussing the same thing. That we look up at the sky, at the stars in the world and, you know, everything. You know, the, the, the entire earth, all the people, all the amazing things of life, of the universe. And we are astounded. We should be astounded. Astounded is kind of like um, surprised and it's uh, in awe, we say in, like I-N. And awe, A-W-E, another great word, awe. Awe is um, the root of the word awesome, right? We say awesome, dude, right? You know that word, awesome. Awesome means really, really, really good, really, really amazing, awesome. Well, awe is a noun, A-W-E, and awe is that, that feeling of something is so amazing that, like, you can't speak, 
right? You're just kind of, ah, wow, right? It's so amazing. It's so incredible that you don't even know. You can't describe it. You you, you can't even talk because it's just so beautiful and amazing. That's all. That feeling you have is called awe. A-W-E, but it's pronounced awe. A little strange pronunciation, awe. Well, to be astounded is similar to that. Astounded. It also has a little bit of the idea of like maybe a positive surprise, but it has also this idea of awe. I'm astounded by the universe. It's just amazing and awesome and incredible. Wow. Astounded. I'm astounded by life. Okay, next, uh, going forward now, he starts talking about uh, Dharma, right? Natural law. And uh, he says, it is not specifically theological. Theological means uh, connected to religion, religious, right? Connected to or about religion, theological, theological. About religion, religious, theological but you it, but it, it, you, you, it's, it's a little different in like you can say he is a religious person it means he's very he believes in God he follows his religion but theological is different <laughs> a little different it means about the topic of religion so you don't say he's a theological person not really right you would say this is a theological topic right it, it's, it's about the topic of religion theological and he says the dharma, natural law, this idea that there is order to the universe, that there are kind of laws, physical laws, mental laws, psychological laws, spiritual laws, that this is um, something that, is, uh, that com- came before our individual modern religions that it's it's a very 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 old understanding and it's also at the center of all what i would call true religions meaning religions that uh really do lead to truth happiness god um waking up all these things that I would call that's what I mean when I say true religion and I would say that all true religions really at the at, at the at the root have natural law or dharma and of course they're not all this doesn't mean all religions are the same they're not all the same but um, they do all have this idea this is what C.S. Lewis talked about when we we were discussing C.S. Lewis in the past uh, his book Mere Christianity and he his first chapter I think it is he, he talks about exactly about that how the same idea that natural law is something that that it came before Christianity before Islam before any religion because it's really um, pre-religious or it's like the seed of all religions and that you know because it's God's law God's law is always here right forever <laughs> right it, it didn't it didn't just come suddenly when we you know when one person found it and he's he's saying it's kind of like gravity that you know maybe newton sir isaac newton um described gravity and maybe he found some formulas to describe how gravity works but he did not discover gravity gravity was always there right long 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 before him and it will always be there because it is a basic 
law. It is part of natural law too, physical law. And so what he said is it's this, and that's what he means when he said it's not connected to one sect, sect, S-E-C-T, sect, and then also sectarian is the adjective. A sect is a very specific religious group, a sect. So, for example, Baptist is a sect. Baptist, right? It's a very specific religious group. It's, you know, Christian is the bigger group. But then within Christianity, you have many different sects, S-E-C-T, sects, right? These specific smaller groups. And, you know, all the major religions have this, different sects. It sounds very, it's, you know, the pronunciation is very close to S-E-X, sex, but you have to put a little more of a T sound there, sex, sex. Um, so a sect is a very specific, narrow religious group. You know, Islam has, you know, Sunnis and uh, Shiites, Sufis, right? These are different sects. Um... Buddhists have, you know, Theravada Buddhists and Mahayana Buddhism and in Japan they have Shingon and Zen and, you know, there are many different sects, Tibetan Buddhists. Even within Tibetan Buddhism there are different sects, <laughs> okay? So, he's saying that, but the natural law, Dharma, natural law, um, uh, came before all these sects and is within all these sects if they're if they're really truly religions right if they're really seeking truth then they all will find the laws of God right it's 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 at least in some level and so the Dharma natural law is uh, is not you know a specific religion but and, and really um, you know all religions respect and follow natural law to some level they might disagree about a few things, but the really main important things they agree about. Why? Because these things, you know, are bigger than any human. They're, they're you know, they, they're divine, right? Okay, so that's sect. Sectarian is just the adjective. Sectarian means to, um, it means uh, about a religious sect. You'll see this, I see this in India, they use this word a lot, and they'll usually use it for like sectarian politics, sectarian violence, meaning it's uh, politics between different, you know, individual religious groups. Sectarian is using as an adjective. And then in that same discussion, he uses uh, the word transcend. Transcend, you'll see this a lot in um, philosophy and religious discussions. and But also in general English, we use it. Transcend means to go above, go beyond. Kind of really to be better than something. So if you transcend your... Let's, let me see how I could use this. You could transcend your greed right? Meaning you're greedy, you're greedy, you want money, 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 but then you have a change in your mind and you kind of go, you, you go above your greed and it no longer has power. Now you're above, you're better than that. That's kind of the feeling of transcend. Okay, and then in, uh, when he's discussing Dharma also, he says that, you know, so what we're trying to do is to become attuned to Dharma, attuned to, it's a nice phrase, attuned. Attuned, you know, the, again, the root is tune. If you think of a guitar, right, a piano, any musical instrument, you have to tune it. What does that mean? It means you have to make the string 
vibrate at the right sound. You have to make sure this, the the string and the correct sound line up. They match, right? It kind of means to match, to be in harmony with is really the better description. So attuned to, if you are attuned to something, it means you are working with it. You are in harmony with it. You have a good relationship with it. For example, you can be attuned to, well, he was discussing, you know, to be attuned to Dharma means you're not going against Dharma. You're not going against natural law. You're not fighting against um, what is natural and what is good. You're going with it. Attuned to. You can even say, I'm attuned. You can be kind of attuned to a person. I'm attuned. I'm really attuned to this person. You know, it means you are kind of, you think together. You think very closely together. You understand each other very well. Um, he used the word literally. This is an important word. You hear it constantly. This is a word that even Americans and British and, you know, native speakers, they use it incorrectly. They use it. Uh, it's kind of a joke even, really. <laughs> uh, this is kind of a joke because so many people use this word incorrectly, not correctly. Don't be one of them. So let's learn how to use it correctly and learn how not to use it. The problem is it's become a filler word, kind of like, um, uh, you know, you know, like, like, like. These are... You know, people use this when they're trying, when they want to pause, but instead of being silent, they just say some word. But it really, in that situation, the word really has no meaning. It's just making space. Well, people use this word literally kind of like that. And they also use it um, totally wrong. <laughs> okay? Literally means direct meaning, the true direct meaning. So, um,. For example, I could if I said right now, I am literally starving. I am literally starving. First of all, what does starving mean? Starving means I'm hungry. But it's more than just being hungry. It really means you're hungry and you're dying. You're hungry and you're dying because you don't have enough food. That's what starving, the, the, that's the direct, real meaning. That's the literal meaning of the word. Literal meaning, if you look in the dictionary, that's what it means. To be hungry and be dying of hunger. Dying is the important part. Dying of hunger, not just a little hungry. You are dying of hunger. That's the literal meaning, the direct, true meaning of the word starving. So you can say, I'm starving, I'm starving which people say all the time. But sometimes people will say, I'm literally starving right now. Well, literally means, when you add the word literally, it means you're really starving. You're not, you're not exaggerating. You're not exaggerating. It means you truly are dying from lack of food. But of course, most people, when they say this, in fact, they are exaggerating. Say so this is the problem. People will say literally, literally, when they're, actually exaggerating, which means it's they're using it completely wrong, 100% wrong, <laughs> right? If you say, I'm literally starving, that's only true if you really are dying, right? If you're, you, you have not eaten in 10 days and you're, you're, you're feeling weak and you feel like you're di starting to die, then you are literally starving. You're literally starving. You are really starving. It's no exaggeration. 
That's what literally means. It means no exaggeration. But unfortunately, lots and lots of people, you'll hear this used incorrectly. A lot of people will say literally when actually they're exaggerating. (laughs) So don't do that. He used it correctly. Um, But I just, I, I just, I heard it. I thought I, it's a good opportunity for me to explain this word because it's such a common word and is used so uh, incorrectly so often. Okay, finally, at the uh, at the end of our section today, he discussed um, meditation, and he was just giving some ba- really basic ideas about meditation. And he said, number one, for meditation, you do not need to pay money. Number two, for meditation, you do not need props. What's props? Props are things. Objects. Objects. Physical objects. Could be a cup. Could be glasses. Could be anything. Um, It comes from the world of like television and movies and theater. A prop is an object that they use in their movie or their play. It's a physical object, like a chair, like a table, like a pen, like a cup, any physical object. So he's saying for meditation, you do not need a prop. You don't need any physical objects. Some people say, oh, you need some kind of special chair. Or you need some kind of, I don't know, like a, you, need, you must have a candle or you must have this. You must have some objects, but you don't. You can just sit down and meditate right now. You don't need anything. No props are necessary. No physical objects are necessary. Uh, Number two, he said you should be, you know, you should have a good posture up and down that's respectful. Don't be slouched over. This is a common word. It's a good word. Don't be slouched over. To slouch is a a, a verb, something you do, a verb. And to slouch, it's talking about how, how you use your body. It's talking about a posture, right? And slouching means you kind of, you bend over with your shoulders down. I'll just show you on, those of you watching on video can see it. So like this. It's kind of, it's how you, if you're feeling lazy and tired, you slouch, right? Your back is not straight. You let your back kind of go over. Maybe you lean back in your chair really far and your shoulders kind of go forward and down. And it just looks like you're really kind of lazy. Imagine in school, you're in English class and uh, the teacher's talking and talking and talking and the students are bored. What do they do? They slouch, right? They're not sitting up perfectly straight, listening carefully, right? They all slouch. They all get low down in their chairs and their backs bend and their shoulders go down and their heads go down. They're slouching, right? And if we want to describe them, we might say they are slouched over, slouched over, over meaning the shoulders come over your stomach, come over your body, right? You kind of that bending over position, slouching. It's, it's very relaxed, but it, uh, you know, kind of lazy. So he's saying don't slouch over, right? Because, um, well, there's a practical reason for that is your, your energy will drop and you can get sleepy very easily. And then you're not meditating, you're just sleeping. <laughs> um and then finally he says, you know, think of it, you are communing with, when you are meditating, you are communing with the divine. The divine. Divine means connected to spirit or God. Divine. So communing with means communicating with. Communicating with. If you commune with someone, it means you communicate with them. But it's a special kind of communication. It's a very close communication, meaning emotionally close. Close. 
right? Very honest, very open. So you might commune. Well, sometimes you'll hear a phrase, uh, I like to commune with nature. Commune with nature. What does that mean? So you go into the, you go to a mountain and you sit down and you just quiet your mind and you listen to the trees and you look at the trees and you feel like you're having a, like you're connecting with nature, right? Like a, like a close friend, a communication, commune with, to commune with. All right. And our final word for today is stimuli, stimuli. He says that you want to be in a quiet place when you meditate and close your eyes. Why? To reduce the stimuli, stimuli. Uh, and this is a plural, probably comes from Latin. So sometimes in Latin words, they add an I to make it more than one, right? So stimuli, um, stimulus is the single, stimulus. And what is a stimulus? A stimulus is um, something that activates, turns on your senses, your eyes, your ears, your mouth. So a sound is a stimulus for your ears, for your hearing, right? It's, it's something that will activate your ears. Um, light is a stimulus for your eyes, right? It will cause your eyes to react. Food is a stimulus for your taste, for your tongue. You get the idea, right? That's stimulus. And if you're talking about more than one, many, we don't say stimuluses. <laughs> we say stimuli, stimuli. And so he was saying that when you meditate, you want to reduce the stimuli because you're trying to calm your mind, right? You're trying to have a calm, clear mind. So if you have loud noises, you're playing loud music and it's very light, you know, your eyes are open and lots of light coming in and you're moving around so you have all these all these physical stimuli physical feelings then your mind will not be calm your mind will be right we'll be going crazy so we want you want to do the opposite you want to reduce the stimuli you could turn off the lights completely if you want or low lights you want to close your eyes you want a quiet room you want to be still so that your body does isn't stimulated and then you calm down. Makes calming your mind much more, um, much easier. Reducing the stimuli. Reducing the stimuli. All right, that's our vocabulary for today. And I apologize that I could not get the audio to work on the on our movie technique. So I'll play around with it. It's just this. I know I've done it before. I know I. So. <coughs> There's probably some setting or something changed on my software, and I just need some time to uh, figure out how to make it work again. So I'll, I'll get it figured out. But this, hopefully this was still good enough. All right, let's go to, since yesterday we didn't have much time for comments or questions, let's go to comments and questions now. So you can ask me about vocab if you want, or discuss the topic, or really anything you want. Yeah, NAS, just... Uh, repeating what I just said it's good stimuli something that activates one of your senses yes that's right like signals that's kind of a good sim uh, yeah okay I'm gonna kind of back up here some of the comments some of you guys write things while I'm talking so I just want to check and see. 
Someone asking about my babies. Aram says, hi, teacher. I'm a follower of you. I admire your high performance. I would like to ask about the situation with your twins because your situation was like my situation. I also have twins and very tired for that. (laughs) I want to say you'll be tired for two years. (laughs) Shh, don't say that. (laughs) Um... The situation with the twins, the baby is going very well. Uh, We still have one is still in the hospital, but he will be coming home uh, very soon. Very, very soon. Hopefully uh, next month, June. So we only have a few more days in in May. So um, in the next few weeks, we will have our other baby home. The girl who is already home and she's doing great. Yeah, wonderful. I'm happy. Very, very happy with the babies. I enjoy them. I don't mind the tiredness. I don't care. Oh, Anna said, yesterday I found Darman Nation on YouTube. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I still have. Look, I've got it right here on the screen. Darman Nation is Acharya's YouTube channel which is really really good and since you all understood him no problem you can watch his videos lots of extra English on those fantastic topics as many of you noted and said you know those topics are very big and so uh, you know really we need hours and hours and hours and hours to discuss those topics Uh, and you well he has hours and hours and hours of videos on his YouTube channel so go over there, please, and uh, watch more of his videos. Toma, using our using the vocabulary correctly. I have a baby. She is one year old, and she is at an inquisitive age right now. Yes, correct use of the word. Right, babies are very inquisitive, right? They, especially at, at that age, right? They they start getting around one years old. They they can move around, and then now they're curious, and they everything is interesting to them, right? So they and when they start start to talk a little later, uh, then you know they're constantly asking why, 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 why? What's this? Why? What's this? Why? Right? They're curious, 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 curious about everything. They're very inquisitive, right? Babies and children, really in general, are very very inquisitive, inquisitive always asking questions always curious inquisitive uh carol hey carol good to see you uh aj uh he oh Acharya also said you were an astounding teacher yeah that was very nice which is true in my opinion we are all astounded by your talent thank you very much yeah okay some of you are asking about spelling so all some of you are writing it the words that i just said as i'll put them on the screen theological T-H-E-O-L-O-G-I-C-A-L Theological Fernando says, uh, I don't really like religions, but I like the idea of natural law. Yeah, right. I know, right? And this, because, because it, like he said, it transcends religions or it's the root of religion. Um, and it's, uh, and in fact, very scientific, the idea 
because it's just seeking truth. The laws of I mean, we it's very obvious. We look around that there are laws, right? We we completely and totally understand that there are physical and biological laws, and it's just an extension of that. That guess what? There are also psychological laws. There are also I'd say even emotional laws, and there are spiritual laws, and there are there's a a law and a um, a dharma, a Tao, that is uh, behind and within everything. You know, um, if you're if you're not, really don't like the idea of religion, uh, check out Taoism, the Tao Te Ching. Uh, there's also some the writings of Chuangzu, and again, I'm sorry about my terrible Chinese pronunciation, but Chuang, the, the, the Lao Tzu and Chuangzu, I don't know how to pronounce it, but C-H-U-A-N-G, I usually see it spelled in English, Chuangzu, and then Lao Tzu is most famous, the Tao De Ching is the book and uh you know it's not specifically religious meaning there's no um like church of Taoism that i know of there are taoist groups in china but it's much more of a philosophy i'd say than a religion i mean it's kind of somewhere in between but they're you know they're they're it's it's very very loose and very very individual very philosophical you're going to find the same ideas about dharma in Taoism, and you know I was always have always been attracted to to Taoism and impressed with it. Lena, good point. The secret of life is understanding the truth of natural law. Yeah, and you know for thousands and thousands of years humans understood this. This was indeed the basic life purpose that everyone understood. You can see this in the writings of, you know, these old writings. Uh, and we just, we've only lost it recently thanks to a lot of mind control, which we're going to discuss in our next book. <laughs> Connecting that to our next book. Next book club, we will start in two weeks, Brave New World. Brave New World describes the opposite of everything <laughs> in yesterday's interview. It is the opposite of all of it. Brave New World, we will see, is the is is a world that is without Dharma, that is totally and completely against Dharma for the purpose of power and control. It is a system of lies and mind control, is what's described in the book. I'm looking forward to reading it again. It's been quite a long time since I read that book. I remember the main ideas, but I don't remember the details. Um, what I kind of remember about Brave New World is that uh, on the surface, when you first read it, like the general feeling, at least for me, was that it was less depressing or less hellish than 1984, you know, George Orwell. But then... When you, when you think about it more and you look more deeply, in some ways it's actually worse. <laughs> more hellish, more horrible. And the reason is that, you know, I, in general I would say this. We can be controlled by pain and pleasure. Pain and pleasure are the two really like basic, if you get down to the root, how are people controlled? How do we uh, enslave ourselves? 
it's usually some form of pain or some form of pleasure, right? Because it's the physical, the material world, the physical sensations, physical or mental, but again, pain or pleasure. And what Orwell mostly describes is a system of control, like 1984 and Animal Farm, are systems of control that use mostly pain. They use pain to control people. Lies, of course, but but pain, the pain of and fear, right? And we saw in Animal Farm, right? Napoleon, of course, it's all lies, 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 but why did the animals obey him fear right he had the dogs and he he killed anybody he killed anybody who went against him he killed anyone who disagreed he killed anybody who said anything wrong so they were all terrified of him terrified so it was a at the root i think orwell's system is really a a fear and pain system of control mind control i mean all all these systems use lies 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 but it's lies plus pain. But what Brave New World and Aldous Huxley describe is a system of pleasure, controlling people mostly with pleasure. Lies, 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 and pleasure. So, and I'd say, you know, now, what, what are we living in? I think we are living in, you know... The, the, the powerful people use both, <laughs> okay? It's a kind of mix of these two. But I'd say, in at least in my country, the United States, it's much more brave new world. People are more controlled by their pleasures and distractions. Uh, there is, there are, you know, sometimes police are used, sometimes people are beaten up or killed or put in jail. It happens. But um, overall, most of the system uses lies and pleasure and distractions. Now, in some other countries, maybe we find, you know, different. Like in the old Soviet Union, it was more of a fear-pain system. Sarah says... Sarah says, I really love God's law indeed. You know, you can think of it as, you know, God's law. That's what Dharma is. That's what natural law is. Uh, you can just call it, and you can use a different word. Some, like we described it, we talked about yesterday, some people, the word God bothers them for some reason. So just say Tao. I always like the word Tao because it's, Tao doesn't, for especially for Western people, Tao has no like bad meanings from your childhood or anything, right? Most people, Tao means nothing to them until they read more and, and think about it more. Uh, so it's kind of a neutral word uh, and for this idea. Tao or natural law or Dharma, they're all describing the same thing. Sect, nah, sect, S-E-C-T, I'm just putting this on the screen, S-E-C-T, a small religious group, says Nas Ima, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Transcend has the idea of exceed, yeah, that's a good one, yes, thank you, um, Muhammad Kahlo. That's right. That's also contained in the word to exceed, to go above, to go beyond, to transcend.
Okay, let's keep move down here. Okay, can you pronounce literally several more times? Okay, literally. Let's. It's a little hard because the R's and the L's might be difficult for some of you. Um, okay, so the end is ali, uh, uh. It just has that kind of uh, you know that. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, is the sound. Uh, literally, 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 literally. <laughs> a little difficult, huh? Liter, literal, literally, literal. Literal is the uh, adjective, and then the li makes it an adverb. It's how you do something. Literally, it's literally, he's literally. Literally, literally, literally. You don't have to use the word. <laughs> Just understand it. All right. Let's see any more comments here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mar- Marion with a with a good uh, explanation of literally. So, for example, in Christianity they say. Um, in Christianity they say, I-, I believe in the Bible. If you want to follow God, take up your cross take up your cross. This does not literally mean you have to carry a big wooden cross. Right? It, that's, it's, right? That's the literal meaning, meaning you're, 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 you're looking at just the direct meaning of the words. But of course, it's a deeper, it's a metaphor, it's poetic, right? There's a deeper message. It's not the direct meaning, right? It doesn't mean all Christians must walk around with a big wooden cross all day. No, what does it mean? You have to take your burdens. You have to take the difficult things in life and carry them forward, right? And many other meanings, but it's it's not literal. Slouch. I slouch a lot. <laughs> so I'm, I'll just demonstrate. You got to watch the video if you're only listening audio, but slouching. It's just sitting back, very relaxed. I'm not against slouching as a general rule, but not when meditating. All right. Another nice comment here. Anna Maria. Hi, AJ. Natural law is the simple answer to avoid an empty life and to seek our real purpose on this planet. The problem is that first we have to let our me, me, me go away and appreciate every single day as it could be the last. That is it. You know, traditionally in uh, certainly in the Eastern traditions of uh, Taoism, Buddhism, Sanatana Dharma, etc. Um, ego is seen, correctly seen, as the main barrier, the main obstacle, the main problem with uh, seeing natural law, understanding natural law, being free, being happy. You know, it's it's the attitude of me, 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 always me, always me, 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 and just focusing always just on yourself, your little self, and only you. And you think you are the center of the whole universe, and it's just me, me, me. I'm the most important, more important than anything else. That this is a big problem, and actually does not make us happy. Quite the opposite. Um, and the more you let go of that and go beyond just yourself even at a small level like you know when you like you know having children 
is a step in that direction because it makes you go beyond just yourself. Now you have to take care of them. You know, you get married. Now you have to take care of another person, right? And then so the more you let go of me, 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 me all the time, you can discover something much bigger and better. Ah, good. Tata, glad you mentioned this. Can you type the name of the movie that was mentioned in yesterday's show about sports? Chariots of Fire. Uh, It's a well-known movie. I remember when it came out a while ago, many years ago, but I never saw it. I never saw it. It has a great soundtrack. I know the song from the... I think that's Vangelis did the music for that. Uh, Kind of a famous... um, movie composer he also did Blade Runner kind of has a pretty cool soundtrack the original Blade Runner same guy uh, so anyway after Charlie mentioned that tonight I plan to watch Chariots of Fire um, I mer- you know he mentioned it in another one of his videos on his YouTube channel which is Dharma Nation again Dharma Nation is his YouTube channel and I kind of had it in my mind oh, I should watch Chariots of Fire and then I just forgot about it and he mentioned it again. So tonight I'm going to watch the movie. Maybe we can all watch the movie. Maybe I'll do a show about Chariots of Fire. If I like the movie, I'm sure I'll like it. Um, I can do like a movie review. If I can get my audio working, I can even do a little movie technique lesson using some parts of Chariots of Fire. So that would be cool too. I'll figure it out. I'll get it working again. Don't worry. So Chariots of Fire, which is a cool name. It's about runners, Olympic runners. <laughs> Ivo says, uh, Evo or Ivo. Evo says, my brother and I are twins. I'm calling all twins Evo and Drago. Nice. Uh, we're very happy to have twins. I'm super happy with our twins. Very, very happy. I know, a little extra work, but, you know, I don't care. They're 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 a lot. They're fun. They're great. Giuliano, thanks AJ for having asked the teacher about people that have some doubts on God's existence. No, no problem. For many years, I did. Also, um, it's a big question. Okay, and it's something you know you really you think about it, and then you know you read about it, and you got to think about it. It's I think it's not. So, I don't think. Um, I I respect people who, you know, genuinely, sincerely have questions about and doubts, um, because uh, it means you're really it's it's honest. I mean, I think we we all have to admit. Oh, I'm not sure, and you have, it's it's such a big topic and question that it's something we really got to think about, and uh, you know, it's something that humans, great great minds. Great, great men uh, and writers and philosophers have thought about and written about, and so I think it's some. This is a question um, that and a topic that uh, you should take s- several years to think about and read all of these, you know, or at least you can't read all of them, but too many. But read uh, many of these great thinkers and philosophers on this topic. Not just the modern people, you know, modern writers. It's so much of modern. Ideas in modern writing is mind control and lies and bullshit. 
Um, so that's why I always recommend the old writers. You'll just find much, you'll find much greater intelligence in Aristotle than some, um, I don't know, uh, Richard Dawkins, the biologist. Uh, read Aristotle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's not even close. Um, so read those old books and then think about it. I, I don't think just accept for blindly. I, I don't like this idea of blind faith. Thoreau wrote about that. Um, you know, faith has a faith is necessary and important, but uh, blind faith is is just foolish. Faith shouldn't be blind; it should be uh, it should be wise. Ah, and this is kind of a, a practical question from Carol. When we're doing something challenging, for example, learning a new skill, how can we know if we're following the natural law or not? Following natural law doesn't prevent us from effort, right? But just makes things easier, right? So how can we know what we're doing right? That's a good question. And sometimes it's, some things it's more obvious and sometimes less obvious. I think children can help us, not always. But for certain skills, uh, like learning a language, we can look at children because they naturally, they, they just, they learn their native language completely naturally and uh, with, you know, no philosophy or uh, usually with no struggle, uh, usually with no pain. Um, and so we can learn from them. Now, more adult topics, like let's say learning a guitar. What's the natural way to learn a guitar? So you might, I don't know, <laughs> but what you probably have to do is you, you have to do a little research sometimes and you, you try to figure out like, you know, um, what do natural musicians do? Right, because ones what in other words, people who teach themselves, people who learn by themselves, you know, like someone who just learns the guitar by themselves. How do they learn? What do they do? And not just one person, but look at many, 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 and you might st you start to find a pattern, right? So not people who went to school. In fact, what you find is like, you know, if you think of like we're just talking modern music, you know, rock and roll guitarists, they all learn themselves, right? I don't know of any almost none that I know went to school to learn guitar. They did not go to a music school. There are music schools, right? You know, you can go to music schools. There's one called Juilliard, which is very famous, where they train. But um, they all learn just themselves. And um, I think what they mostly do is they first learn songs. They just start off learning songs. They don't learn a lot of theory. You know, there is musical theory, which can be very complicated. Uh, some of them never learn to read music, ever. So they're, they're mostly learning by ear. So you can start to see, ah, well, this maybe is the more natural way, learning more by ear instead of reading music, at least, especially in the beginning and, uh, you know, imitating other musicians and I don't know, right? So in any topic like this, any skill, I think that's the way to go. I'll give you another one, golf, golf. Um, I actually did a course, uh, like a training, a seminar called Extraordinary Golf. So I'm just a beginner. I don't play, I almost never play golf like one time per year maybe. Uh, I don't have time to do it. I live in a city. There's no golf course. So, but um, I went there and they taught a very natural, almost dharmic way of playing golf that um, 
really cool. I love it. This is why I like golf. And it's a way of playing golf where that focuses, it's very much like meditation. Most golf instruction, they're books and magazines and they focus on all these tiny techniques I put your hand like this and you know this must be at the perfect angle and then you lift this shoulder and then your back has to be in your knees and they have you trying to think of like 10 or more things all at the same time while you're swinging it's impossible you can't do it and so what happens is most golfers they're always stressed out and confused because they're all they're trying to think about all these different things at the same time and we can't we can only think of one thing we can't and so these guys these the guys who teach extraordinary golf um, they have a different way they just focus they clear your mind and just notice how does your body feel okay they'll teach the very basic here's how you hold it here's how you swing after that then you just you focus on the feeling you just clear your mind and you notice you know, how does your back feel? How do the muscles feel as you go back? How does your hand feel? And then when you swing, when you hit the ball, what is, notice, how does, the, how does it feel when the ball and the club hits, right? How do you feel it in your hands? And then watch it. And then as it goes, you know, what, what direction does it go? And uh, it's really more of a mindset. It's very, very meditative. It's very much kind of like a very mindful. And it works, you know, it works meaning it improved my ability enough now I can play before I couldn't I would never go play because I was so bad I was embarrassed and I was so slow I couldn't really even play now I can play I'm still bad because I never practice but um, and then the second thing it did is just like most things that follow Dharma it suddenly made golf peaceful and enjoyable and natural feeling so it's another example you can find it in most skills but sometimes you just have to think about it and look around and then you'll find a method you sometimes you have to try several methods and then you start to find the ones that seem to follow natural law in some way okay um uh, yeah, Lisa says, uh, I'm already happy with the meditation topic next time. Thank you so much for the deep and exciting topics. Yeah, Lisa, I, I am too. Uh, I, I, I'm quite excited to talk to him. I probably will have some personal meditation questions for him, just ones that, uh, you know, help to help me and hopefully it'll help all of us. That'll be a great um, discussion next time. Looking forward to it. Tesfahun says, he just wants me to say hi. All right, I'll say hi. <laughs> I'm so happy for having you with us online. This is the first time I write a comment for you. Please say something for me. Hello. Welcome. Write more comments. Write more comments. Astonishment is the noun of astounding, correct? I learned the word in the lesson of the Iliad. Ah, yes. Okay, there you go. (laughs) 
back in the ancient time, how could they spread Tao, Taoism? Well, the leader lived in the deep jungle and cut contact with the outside world. They lived very simply and had few followers. Maybe that's why Lao Tzu wrote a book. <laughs> Maybe they did it by writing a book, right? I don't know. I don't really know much about the history of Taoism, quite honestly. I don't know. Francisco Silva says, I'm from Brazil and I learned a lot with you. Thank you. Thank you, Francisco. Lisa says, I'm very pleased that more and more people are coming back to natural law nowadays and they're getting closer together. I think so too. I think we are getting a reaction. Um, this is also a very Taoist idea. You know, there's that circle. Everyone knows the symbol yin yang, you know, the half black, half white. Um, but what people don't realize is that it, you can think of that as not just, you can think of that symbol as moving, as spinning. And, you know, there's this idea, uh, I can't remember the, the exact quote, but in the Tao Te Ching, that if you want something to um, shrink, to get smaller, first let it get much bigger. And if you want something to grow, first let it get very, very small. And see, many times people read the Tao Te Ching and they, they, you read something like that and you're like, what? What, the, what does that mean? That makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. But then when you think deeply, it does make sense. It makes sense, for example, in human relations. Because see what happens when, when craziness, you know, the modern craziness, the lies, the garbage that we have seen, what has happened? It has grown, grown, grown. It's gotten so big and so terrible that what happens? It causes a reaction, finally. It's a delayed reaction. It takes some time. But finally... Things have gotten so crazy, like with the transgender children and all that crap and just all the fake news. It's so obvious now. It's so strong that people are disgusted by it. And so there is, it has grown, grown, grown. It seems like it's everywhere, like it's like dharma, natural law is almost completely gone in human society. But because it's gotten so big, now people are reacting against it. People are finally seeing the lies. They're seeing that it's all evil that is terrible underneath and so it creates this reaction against it that will eventually force it i believe to collapse to that all this lies that is going to collapse back down it will shrink it will get smaller it was allowed to get so big and this creates a reaction against it that then forces it to get small and on the other side dharma has gotten small, 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 down to just a very small group of people. Really, no nation is dharmic now. No nation, no country follows natural law. But still, the people who are left, who do follow natural law, they are so strong now because they live in a world that is against them. They have to fight, fight, fight. They have to be so strong to find and learn about natural law and to live it. They had all of this terrible stuff around them, but they still can do it. This makes them very tough, very strong. And now they're starting to fight back. Now we are starting to fight back. Now we begin to fight back. And we're tough and we're strong. We have been living among all these enemies, all these lies, all this terrible stuff, and we still survived. And we still have taken the red pill and woken up. It's much like the Matrix and, and Neo. Right, And so, because of that, now we, we have 
this uh, chance to expand again, to grow dharma and dharma living, dharmic living. So this is this idea of the Tao, that things move in these cycles. Don't despair. Can you type all the words which you're going to describe in the next video? Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I will. I'll, I'll type them next time so you all can read them. Uh, I will. I'll do that. Schwa, Evo, thank you. Schwa is what I was trying to say. The sound, uh, uh, that sound is, a sh is written. The writing, it's an upside down E. It's a schwa. <laughs> Couldn't remember it. <laughs> thank you, Evo. Evo or Ivo, thanks. Glauber, thanks again for the amazing interview today. When possible, please indicate us a reliably translated English version of the Bhagavad Gita. All right, I would recommend two. Right now. Oh, let me get them. All right, here we go. Two. Reliably translated. Most reliable is this one. Bhagavad Gita as it is. Why most reliable? Because this book has the original Sanskrit. Each section he will put the original Sanskrit, the original language, and then under that he gives you his translation of every word in English. So he'll say what this word means, what this word. I mean, you could probably learn a lot of Sanskrit with this. But this lets you check. I mean, you could, if you wanted to, you could get online and find a Sanskrit dictionary and check his translation. Uh, so that's, you can really trust his translation because of that, because you have the original um, writing here also. So that is the Bhagavad Gita as it is. This is the one Acharya Ji recommends, by the way. This is the translation he recommends for English. And the translator is uh it's got a long name. <laughs> These Indians and their long names. So I'm just going to give you his last name, Prabhupada. Prabhupada. I, I usually hear it pronounced Prabhupada, but it's spelled Prabhupada. But just the, the title is, just, just search the title. It's on Amazon, Bhagavad Gita, as it is. This, that one has a lot of commentary. Another one that I like, I haven't checked it against Sanskrit, but I think it, it seems to be very good. It's translated by, I like translations that come from um, the same culture, people who really practice, uh, you know, what they're translating. Like, you have to be careful. Like, if an American translates the Bhagavad Gita, uh, I don't trust it usually because they put in a lot of American ideas that are not really original. Uh, so, but this guy, uh, yeah, he's kind of American. He was Americanized, but he is was an Indian. He, Indian, so it seems like it's a pretty good one. And this is just a direct translation, no commentary, a little commentary, but not much. So Bhagavad Gita, Eknath Eswaran, is the translator. Okay, so I think both those are pretty good. Sardar, watch yesterday's program. I answered your question. Or uh, two days ago. 
<laughs> Molson says, now I have to slouch while I'm watching you because I'm starving by a fast and still five hours to sunset. Yes, but you're not literally starving. <laughs> not literally. But yes, I get it. You're really hungry. Gloria, just with a nice comment, says, I was walking around. I was listening to one of your very amazing podcasts. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Gloria. Okay. Uh, if you're in, uh, I think, Gabrielle, I'm not sure, but if you want to, again, if you want to suggest uh, someone for me to interview, please do it on, don't do it on Facebook. I, I don't really comment on Facebook. So do it on Twitter or Gab and give me all that information I mentioned earlier. Oh, uh, we didn't get to this question, Rafiko. There's... I had this like yesterday for the interview I had this list of questions and you know you may have noticed in the beginning of the interview especially I seemed a little uh, a little confused um, or uncertain part of that was because I was really tired I, it was for me like 5 a.m. Uh, 4 30 a.m. I was awake all night with no sleep so uh, but the other part was I had a list of questions I planned to ask and uh, and then Acharya started talking about all these other you know all these ideas and I was like oh, do I ask my questions I wrote down or just listen and just you know follow up with him and uh, I, finally I just I'm not a very good interviewer yet I, I don't interview people very much you may have noticed I've done only a few interviews on this show I did I've interviewed Steve Kaufman I think a couple times from Link uh, Achirji now just now um, really that's all I've talked to a few friends but that's not really an interview so anyway, I, I'm, I will be improving my interviewing skills, I promise. But anyway, uh, in my own experience, I've seen some people in this world who do bad things. They are rewarded and people who do good things and bad things happen to them. Sometimes I feel sad about this. This was one of my important questions. Actually, it was two questions I was going to ask him. Maybe next time we can ask him. Uh, why do good things happen to bad people, evil people, but they seem to get good results in life, good things, power and money? And then why do bad things seem to sometimes happen to good people? I have my own opinion about that, but I'd love to hear his. All right, a couple more and I got to go. Ah, here's a good one. I'd like to... This dude would be cool to interview. But Although he's been on some big... He's been on Joe Rogan. That's where I know him from. So, uh, maybe. I'm from Brazil. Did you read the book Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins? I have not read his book, but I've seen um, several of his interviews and uh, videos. He's an amazing guy. He's uh, amazing. <laughs> Bordering on a little crazy crazy in a good way this, this guy is but he's done some crazy stuff he's one tough dude i'll say that mentally tough guy david goggins mentally very very tough yeah true this is a good comment i'd like to talk mention this I, and i true we win i 
can't pronounce your name I'm sorry some people say religions make everybody divided but I don't think so what do you think AJ again I think no not if we focus you know some some religious groups like to focus on you know oh we're the only true religion everybody else is wrong and you're all going to hell and you're bad and yeah they attack everybody else and they do divide but um, there are also plenty of religious people of all different religions who who have a lot in common, right? It's because of natural law, because of natural law, because in their religious practice, they follow and find natural law. And so they can find, they don't agree about everything, right? Of course, each religion is different, but, um, but they agree about a lot, a lot of really big, important things. Um, and it's because of natural law. So this is again why, when, you know, in my own what I say is, you know, true religion versus false religion. And when I, when I mean by that is that true religion has the roots of Dharma, the roots of natural law in it. Just like, just like C.S. Lewis said in Mere Christianity. He was a Christian. And, he, you know, his first chapter, he says, is this is the very beginning of Christianity. The very root of it is natural law. But it's not only Christian. The natural law can be found in all of these different, like what Acharyaji was talking about, all of these different ancient cultures understood natural law, that it is a root, a center of all true religions, meaning religions that do lead to truth and to God. Of course, every religion thinks they have the best system. That's okay. But when they start saying they have the only system and that everybody else is bad or wrong or stupid, that's a problem. But... That's, you know, usually that's a small group of people in each different religious group. And in my experience, most are not like that. Um, and we can find lots and lots and lots of agreement. And even with people who are not religious, as we've discussed already, the great thing about Dharma and natural law is that you don't even need to be sure about God. You can, you can certainly see the effects of truth and dharma, natural law, even if you're agnostic, even if you're like, I'm not sure where it comes from, and uh, you know, I'm not clear about that, but, but clearly there is some kind of, there is order and beauty and truth in the universe, and I will follow that and live according to that. So that's what we're, in that way, religion or uh, at least dharma and natural law is the opposite. It unites us. It brings us all together. That's why I like this topic. One of the reasons I like this topic so much. It's, and like, like he said, it's non-sectarian. It's non-sectarian. Rosanna says, I feel frustrated not understanding everything you say, but I use this frustration as an incentive to learn more. Yes, Rosanna, that's perfectly, that's all you need to do. It's okay. It's okay. Just try to get the basic ideas. You can listen to an audio two or three times or more if you need to, um, but mostly relax and just let go and you will get better. Um, Asma is mentioning about Aesop's fables. We'll do more. I'm, I will. I'm, uh, that book I have has over two hundred <laughs> of those fables, so we have a lot of material. Uh, the book Aesop's Fables uh, has a lot of idioms in it. I enjoy it a lot. Yes, it has lots of idioms. 
Vicente says, AJ, you rock. I've been learning from you for a long time. Gratitude. Thank you, Vicente. Appreciate it. Ahmed, what's the main idea of Dharma? Watch yesterday's show. I can't, it's too big for me to explain right now. Watch the whole show yesterday was about that question. <laughs> All right, I think we are almost finished. Antonio Suarez de Lima, keep listening to AJ Hogue. Three years ago, I was like you are now, but in the long run, listening to him, I started getting what he says. Nowadays, I understand 100%. Good luck. Antonio, thank you for encouraging others. That's fantastic. And congratulations to you as well. Really great. Ah, no, I love this comment. I, this is a, this is really nice, Slavika. Really nice. After the interview with Mr. Acharyji, the book Brave New World doesn't scare me. The evil isn't strong. God is the source of truth and goodness. Yes. Yes. We must keep this in mind when we read Brave New World because, uh, it, 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 you know, it's a heavy book. And as we read that book, we are going to see that a lot of the terrible, terrible things in that book exist now. That and is getting worse fast. And it can be very easy to become hopeless feeling like, oh my God, it's so hopeless, it's so terrible. So I think that is exactly right that uh, like yesterday's interview, um, learning about focusing on living according to natural law, dharma, uh, gives us strength to face those hard, depressing truths. It's, it's like the Matrix. That's why I like the movie so much. It's like Neo, right? In the beginning, he woke up. It's an ugly, 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 horrible, scary world Neo wakes up to with the machines. But he doesn't just cry and stop because he has a faith. Remember Morpheus, right? Morpheus, the, the leader, has faith in him that he's going to help them. And so they fight and of course they eventually win in the movie. I think it's a nice message. That's right. We need to be aware of the terrible things and the evil and the lies but we don't need to fear them too much. We, we also have strength that comes from natural law. Yeah, right. Uh, Zobed, Zobede. In ancient Persian, we had Asha. Yes, that's right. Achayarji's book, he mentions Asha, which means natural law or integrity and truth. But now it is uh, in Iran, it's Islamic. They believe in natural law, but they change the meaning of truth. They ban everything. Yeah, well, this is the political problem. Uh, I would say religious people or heads of our country can change the meaning of natural law for people. This is mind control. This is mind control. It's not only Iran. It's America too. America is probably better at it, I'd say. 
America, they're the masters of mind control. In America, they're so good at it that nobody realizes it. You see, in, in a situation like Iran or uh, China, it's much more obvious, right? It's more of the fear. The Orwell, you know, Animal Farm, it's more obvious, right? People kind of, it's a little more obvious. They, they, they know that there are lies. They know that it's not good, but they're just afraid to say the truth. They're afraid, but they know. But in America, in the American system, Hollywood and the fake news, they don't even real. They're so good at lying. This, the mind control is so good. People don't even realize. They don't even realize that they live in the matrix because it feels good because they're using pleasure. I think the pleasure is more dangerous because people, they feel good eating all this food and watching their TV shows and doing all this stuff and buying all these things. They don't even see the messages in the TV shows. They don't see the terrible messages in the movies. They don't even understand they are being controlled. The American system of mind control is, I think, far more dangerous and far more powerful than some of some other countries where they just use more use violence and fear. I mean, they're both they both suck. I mean, no, we don't like them, right? But we'll see this in Brave New World in the book. I do remember this. The main character he starts to wake up, but everyone around him is asleep. Everyone around him is blue pilled. He tries to tell them, and they just think he's crazy. They just he sees the lies. He sees the mind control. He tries to tell other people. Nobody believes him. They all think he's totally crazy. That is powerful mind control. And that's the system in America. And Western Europe, and really much of the world now. That's the global, the globalist system that really we're having almost everywhere now. And it is, and the reason they use that is it's more powerful. But, you know, they're both bad. So good luck to you all in Iran. You know, we're, we're all trying to fight for this, for truth. And, you know, we've got our own fight in America happening. And uh, good luck to everyone else. Okay, then. I think that's all. Time for me to go. I enjoyed this discussion. I will try to get the audio working next time. It's more interesting, I know, if you can see the video, if I can replay the videos. I can do that with... Yesterday's video, the in interview, I w maybe I also will do it with the movie Chariots of Fire, some pieces of that movie too. So anyway, I'll work on it. I'll get the, the program working again, figure out what I'm doing wrong. And we'll be back with some movie technique lessons. We will also continue to do Aesop's fables, good idioms, good sh really short stories with some little bit of vocabulary. Those are perfect for a uh, short little um, kind of vocab lessons and dis topic discussions. We will do Brave New World, our new book club book, starting in two weeks. Oh, and finally, my business English course is coming. We're getting it. Com we're, we're coming. When the business English course is ready, or almost ready, I'll probably do some shows about money and business and career and jobs and job searches and resumes and those topics. I know some of you really like those topics. 
So uh, we'll do that also. So lots of good stuff coming. And finally, interviews. I will be interviewing more people. I think that was a great experience yesterday. Uh, almost everybody loved it, really enjoyed me talking with someone else and listening to someone else. Very interesting. So I already have an, another person I'm going to interview about a very different topic and uh, send me your suggestions. We'll, we'll interview more people too. All right, lots of love to you. Thanks, as always. Uh, again, you know, Achayar G's website, YouTube, go to Dharma Nation, Dharma Nation on YouTube. Watch his videos. Watch his videos, because his, his videos will give you a much deeper understanding of natural law, Dharma. Dharma Nation is his YouTube, Dharma Nation. And of course, speak English powerfully, speak English fluently, speak English confidently, speak English effortlessly. When you train with my VIP program, you must train. You must commit, though. You must commit, commit, commit. Don't quit today at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Go today and go now to EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com.